Hello everyone and welcome back to our second episode of the Grow Through What You Go Through podcast. I can't believe it's season three already, like what the actual book. But this week I have a very important guest on. I can't believe it's taken to the third season for you to come on. Um, But to be fair, we've only been friends since I finished the second season, so (laughs) it's inevitable, I suppose. Um, So this week, I'm pretty sure you've known me and Amy have done events over the last while. We are currently trying to plan our next ones. Um, so hello, Amy. Hello, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So do you want to just start by introducing yourself a little bit and what yeah. it is you do or things like that? Yeah, so my name is Amy and I am the founder of Gambaroo Coaching, um, which is a life and business coaching business. Um, I'm also a meditation teacher and a cacao facilitator. <laughs> and we joined forces back at the beginning of this year was it our first event first event was the beginning of the year yeah but then we had met through instagram in november i think it was yeah so we kind of came together i approached you yes and i just really wanted to have a space and create a community for women to come together yeah and i suppose you kind of linked in a few times through instagram and i was like oh i just feel like this could be a really good pairing Mm -hmm. um and that's how connect together was born it was indeed and i think as well like when we look back like obviously it was inevitable we were going to become best friends as well but like (laughs) you know i think it's kind of as much as we're helping other women it's helped us as well Oh, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I know that might sound selfish, but I think sometimes you need to be selfish as well, too. I think for me, it's just, yeah, the whole community yeah. thing. And I think I'm very fortunate. I've got such a strong group of powerful women around me. And I just think it's so, so important. And the more I work with people, I see that not every girl has that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just think when women come together, like-minded women come together, it's so so powerful and the connections that we've made through all our events not only with each other but like every single person that's come to an event i'm so grateful for them yeah and we learn something off everyone that's there and hopefully they learn something from us too it's just it's so powerful and it's so beautiful yeah i think there's a lot to say about connection as well like and some people don't see the importance of it like I've always strived off connection like even when like you're forced to start working from home during the pandemic and stuff like that that's what I really struggled with um and like I love being in the office and like just getting around like whether they're like-minded or not like first of all yeah like I love that connection but when you're around like-minded people you just feel so understood Mm -hmm. like everyone is so relatable you can relate to someone in one way or another you know and I think that's the comforting thing about connection and how important it is is that when you're at home in your house or in your family life and you can be surrounded by people who don't see eye to eye with you on certain things especially family because like if your mom and dad is quite traditional and stuff like that but when you're around the like-minded people you feel more seen you feel more understood you feel more heard you know yeah that's it exactly like when you I suppose when I start finding like-minded people and getting into spirituality like because my dad would be quite traditional and stuff and he wouldn't really see eye to eye on all this stuff remember when I first started getting into it and seeing synchronicities and stuff I'd say it to him and he kind of lashed out at me in a sense it was like oh like none of this stuff is real and all and like I was so excited about it and like this is I think just at, like in the middle of the pandemic and stuff and I just wanted to share it with someone like and obviously being in the pandemic they were the first people there like mom and dad and boy was that a big mistake but then when the pandemic lifted and you start talking to people it's like everyone is trying to break these patterns as well mm-hmm. you know and like when you're talking to people it's like okay you're not the only one no you know everyone everyone has their shit and everyone goes through their shit but I think it's not it's not talked about enough Mm. and and I think it's only then when you're in these spaces that are safe spaces and you feel like you can express yourself your authentic true self and just be who you are unapologetically who you are Mm -hmm. and there's no judgment it's so empowering yeah I think that's the big thing as well we hold a lot of shame and judgment towards ourselves for talking about these things and then when people see it and like they just allow you to say what it is without having nothing else to say back. Yeah. That's where I think the true healing and stuff like that comes in, you know? Yeah, the true growth. And I think sometimes too, we're going on a bit of a tangent now, but yeah. sometimes too, with your family and friends, it's really hard sometimes to just say what you're really feeling and what you're really thinking. Um, and sometimes in a space where actually you don't know people 
well or at all actually makes it easier yeah definitely it does and like it just makes life that bit easier because you're so hard on yourself um and it's just like a weight lifted off your shoulders when just when you get that bit heard you yeah. know never mind and this this gas thing about it all is as well is that you know you may be in a room full of strangers but everyone has a connection and everyone has a link yeah you know because i used to often look around a room and I might be saying something and in my head that's something that I'm thinking or I've been going through I feel like I'm so so alone and then when you say that loud and you're looking around the room you just know by people's eyes that they can relate to it yeah they 100% at some stage or another so there's just so much power in, in coming together and I honestly think if you're someone that maybe doesn't have the biggest group of friends or for whatever reasons that maybe your friends aren't always around to talk to them or you know to hang out with them we're all kind of especially when you get into your 20s and 30s everyone's in different stages of their life mm -hmm. and sometimes through travel through relationships you can feel really really lonely yeah um, and I feel like if you're feeling like that or if you're feeling like maybe you're not totally the same as your your girl gang and um, to come to one of our events 100% will make so many connections yeah like I even feel like that after coming back from Canada now I feel like a lot of my friends have moved away yeah. you know so I'm coming back and I'm feeling the loneliness you know and yet I haven't been working the last seven weeks so I have a lot more spare time on my hands so I know that's a big impact of it as well and then like rugby is only starting back up next week but even when you say there about like your friendship groups not seeing or being into the same things mm -hmm. I was like that as well this time last year I was a part of a group of friends that weren't into the stuff I was into and it was hard like again like when you're in your family it's hard to talk to people about it that aren't into it or you can see they're disinterested in the conversation you're having with them and that makes it lonely even though you're in a group and in it surrounded by a lot of people you still feel lonely like whereas this is why we're creating the safe space I suppose for people to come and talk yeah and just to have fun as well yeah it's not all deep it's no deep. <laughs> yeah this conversation got very deep to be fair but like doing things that are good for the soul let it be a walk a swim yoga yeah. meditation have a laugh like. yeah and like even last week I went to an event for once instead of holding one yeah. just because I was back and I wanted to get out and do something and it was like half seven at night and I was like I'm gonna be wrecked I don't know whether to go and there was literally there was no pressure on what you had to talk about or like what expectation there was no meditation or anything it was just a group of people that met up we went on a walk around Hoth and we went for a chipper afterwards and it was just getting to meet different people and new experiences there was actually one lad there he arrived by himself I was like fair play to you um but that was it really like you met like there was like people of all different ages there was like a 30 year old there there's PhD students there there's people that weren't into spirituality as much so you don't have to be spiritual to come to these events you just need to want to connect with people I suppose yeah. and get out like that's all that's the main reason for all like yeah we might do meditations or we might do yoga and if you're not into them I wouldn't say don't come come and try it you never know you might like it you might meet a new best friend at them you know like that happened to me when I went to Canada I went to Canada on my own last year and I met Lauren mm -hmm. and Lauren's my best friend like you know now she's living halfway across the world bitch but we won't say anything about that um but like that like you never know who you're going to meet when you go to these events and it's a great opportunity to try something that you've never tried before so mm -hmm. maybe like meditation yoga you're like oh you know i've never tried that i don't know how to do it i don't know how to go about it i don't want to sign up for a course it's a great way to just dip your toe in and see how it feels yeah and if you are having huge resistance against it it's probably a question why am i resisting that so much as well 100 percent. yeah i definitely agree so yeah that's that um how are you gal how has your weekend been <laughs> is good <laughs> we're very glad that this is a podcast and no one can see me <laughs> why is that amy why it's been a, it's been a fun one <laughs> <laughs> what did you get up to last but night doing time you know what sometimes we just need fun oh yes fun i crave fun a lot lately yeah <laughs> um so what did you get up to last night as you sit here with her makeup on from last night and rollers in her hair <laughs> I can't out lads I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie right I came in and I was like oh she looks unreal and here's me sitting in a pair of shorts and then she turns around and was like I oh, know this is the last night's makeup I was like okay I don't feel too bad anymore <laughs> when I said I had a fun night I wasn't lying I have to say now I am quite hungover today and I don't get hungover so. oh I was wondering I was like is she gonna be fresh this yeah. morning or is she hungover and you never said so I was like oh she might be fresh no I don't usually get hungover so I don't know 
on life that's the whole point of it um yeah so where do you want to go from here now what are we going to talk about today i was saying i was thinking we should talk about maybe like insecurities self-esteem and i yeah. feel like for me i suppose the, the more i work with people and the more I even, you know, reflect on myself and my own journey and the work I'm doing and the triggers that mm-hmm. are coming up for me in life. Everything comes back. Mm-hmm. And like as well, it, it, all, it definitely comes back to self-esteem, but it's like, it's not, they say you need to experience, like, so like you can work on your triggers and you can work on healing all your past traumas and stuff like that. But, and like you can read how to deal with them in the books and in the podcasts and know how to deal with them logically, but it's when they're put to the test that's when the real thing comes in like so like let's say if you've triggers around relationships or stuff like that it's like you have to be I've learned anyway you have to be in a relationship to know whether it's healed or not because they come back up like flying colors you think you think you're healed and then you're hit with this big trigger and you're like oh well not fully healed because we'll never be fully healed but it's like you think you've dealt with that and you're like it comes back up and you're like oh shit but you realize you haven't had that trigger reflected back to you to know if you've been healed from it or to know if you've dealt with it so relationships are the number one trigger for all our fear is insecurity and mm. um, and like that too you know you can do all the work and the reading and the journaling and blah 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 and think yeah 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 like I'm, I'm good i'm good but it's until you're in those situations or relationships that mm-hmm. you're actually faced with real life triggers 100 that you really know where you're at yeah and we're human so we're gonna yeah fuck up. I think one of my big triggers in a relationship is texting. Texting? Texting. Big, big trigger for me. So I know this because I've obviously done the work and I've like been trying to work on it. So like growing up when I first started dating, I've always been ghosted. So I always see like not getting a reply back for ages or being left unseen or someone being online and not have replied to me back as a major trigger. Mm. Major, major trigger. It wasn't my last relationship. So like I've turned them off since then. Um, And... It's like, even though logically when you see it, you're like, no, they can be on their phone. They can do whatever it is they want, but it doesn't, like texting doesn't reflect someone's interest into you. Yeah. Someone can text you all day, but then they might not show the actions in the relationship. Do you know what I mean? So it comes down to that. And yeah, hundred percent. Um, But yeah, I've noticed that's a big trigger for me. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, like, these triggers the front past experiences yeah. you know what i mean it's like we talk back to the whole self-esteem thing like no baby is born with low self-esteem it's it's life and it's the experiences that we go through that create our beliefs and our limiting beliefs yeah that you know has an effect on our self-esteem and in turn makes us have limiting beliefs which is low self-esteem so you know what has happened in your childhood like that's just a big thing your parents mm-hmm. like that's where it all really really starts at the end of the day and mm-hmm. um, what sort of upbringing and childhood you've had and that relationship you've had with your mom and your dad that really determines your relationships i believe in your romantic relationships for the rest of your life 100 percent. yeah and yeah. sorry um i, I like I'll, I'll be openly honest here because i feel like i always am on this podcast that comes into so like your childhood, that's where your attachment style comes in. You know, like, so I would have, I like I had a great childhood, like, but it's as children, because we don't understand or have the logic in our heads to realize what it is our parents are doing. We just assume they're abandoning us or they're neglecting us. So like one of my past, uh, like I would always have, not always I'm working on it, but it's be a fear of abandonment because mm-hmm. mom and dad worked when I was in school yeah. and growing up, like, so they ha- when I'd be collected from school, but I'd have to be, go to a minder or something afterwards but little four-year-old me didn't realize mommy that you're just going off to pay the bills not that they don't want to be with me you know that kind of way so they, those little things then come up in relationships and that's obviously why I'd have an anxious attachment style and another thing I saw was that your your love language in relationships are based on what you didn't get as a child mm. so if you didn't so like let's say love language be words of affirmation for me sometimes and quality time quality time's a big one but when mommy and daddy be going off to work I wasn't getting the quality time as a kid so that's why I crave it so much in a relationship and the same with the words of affirmation 
if you've un unemotionally available parents and you weren't hearing the things as a kid that's what you crave in your relationships that's so interesting i actually i'm thinking of myself and my own love language would be very like gifts mm -hmm. but yeah i would have always been gifted, gifted as a child. i think it depends interesting. Yeah. i think it does depend person to person like it depends on to the degree of how let's say I'm saying quotation marks or how abandoned you felt as a kid mm. do you know like it's to the degree of how we felt it because you know the yeah. way they say big t little t in terms of trauma and stuff like yeah. that you know so it depends in that sense but it yeah. also makes sense Joe, because obviously you crave what you never had yeah do you know what I mean you mm -hmm. crave what, what you, you feel like you can't get yeah and I feel as well in relationships like when you think to like controlling relationships a lot of people crave that because when someone's controlling it stems as if they care about you that much that that's why they're controlling and that's why you'd naturally want to be with that person because you're like oh well I never got someone this interested in me that they want to be with me 24 7 and I can't go there without them mm -hmm. it's like okay I'm going to stick to this you know yeah so but it's like you naturally crave that because you never got it as a kid mm -hmm. and that's why you need to do the work on yourself and look at your past traumas because later on in the relationships it will be reflected back to you that you'll have to learn the lesson and be able to break the cycle to be like no like this isn't what I want it's not for me blah 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 mm -hmm. you know I think like there is as we're saying like you're, you're going to be triggered in a relationship no matter no person is perfect you know what I mean like we're not perfect <laughs> far from it hard to believe, but we're not. far from so it so you're not going to meet someone who's perfect nor are you going to have a perfect relationship but the more work you do on yourself and the more secure mm -hmm. you are as a person, the more secure of a person I believe you're going to attract in yeah. and the more secure and healthier relationship you're going to have. That doesn't mean perfect, no. but it's healthy in yeah. the world and that's what we're all striving for. Yeah, and you have to have a partner willing to work on themselves as well and work with you and be patient with you mm. to work on these things and vice versa as well. Like You need to be patient with your partner if you're going through stuff. Like but to a certain degree as well um but i do feel like if you have that safe space in a relationship you can heal while you're in a relationship a lot of people feel like you can't be in a relationship while you're healing you can't you just need to have that safe space with a partner to be able to come to them with the insecurities you have yeah. and for them to accept it with non-judgment and be like look this is nothing to do with you this is a past insecurity of mine but you're just triggering it to me right now mm -hmm. like i am working on it but i'd like it if you can reassure me just for now that like what are your intentions behind it or whatever and then be like right okay that's not personal and it's not to do with my trauma it's just I'm being triggered right now and I need to go and work on this myself yeah like I've seen a quote there a few weeks ago and it was like most love is lost between like what's meant and not said and what's said and not meant mm -hmm. and it, it's so true we become like I suppose if you're not in love you're in fear in yeah. life in general, like mm -hmm. a relationship. Yeah. So if you're in a relationship with someone, you're crazy about them, you love them. And it brings up all these insecurities. You're you're spending an awful lot of time in fear. Mm -hmm. And therefore you're not even acting true to yourself or speaking your truth. Yeah. And then there's so much miscommunication. That's why I think so much shit unfolds. Yeah. So much love is lost. Yeah, I think when you're living in fear in life in general and in relationships, things are said that aren't meant and things are done that you don't mean like and that's where like they always say like you can never get your words back yeah. you know and I've experienced that myself like um and it, co it can come across the wrong way so it's like you need to I suppose regulate your nervous system yeah. to a point that like you know you're speaking from the truth and you know you're thinking and speaking logically and from the heart as well like because we can say things we don't mean from the heart. but it's based on fear yeah you know I think as girls we can, and I know I definitely in the past would have been so so in my head and so logical about things that it was nearly like to the point it was it was destructive mm -hmm. because it was overthinking a situation and a scenario mm -hmm. and making it worse and then nearly like foreplaying it in my mind of what of my next movements and actions and steps mm -hmm. and words mm -hmm. which is that's toxic like. yeah and you're creating future scenarios that might not happen but you're role playing them in your head in case it does happen and that's your ego protecting your heart 100%. so like your ego protects your heart and it can create scenarios so like if you're overthinking a situation that has never happened and never will happen it's your mind protecting your heart in case it does mm -hmm. you know and that's where you live in the state of fear then yeah 
where I think like in those times, if I was to have gone out of my head and just went into my heart and my heart space and just spoke my truth, mm -hmm. you know, if I could have just got away from the fear for a minute, stepped into the power of being vulnerable and just spoke my truth in those situations. outcomes may have never been any different but at least mm. I would have been true to myself yeah and we can never like we can always look back and regret the outcomes of certain situations or like wish things have gone different but when you come back to everything happens for a reason you know you kind of have to think like right there's no point in me beating myself up over things because like we're coming back from Canada there's been times where like people have said to me oh what if Lauren and Amy were still over there like would it have been different I was like yeah of course it would have been different but they were never supposed to be there mm. so I'm not going to think and be like oh what if they were there like life would have been better and all this like there's no point in putting that thought on my mind yeah. you know so like it's it goes for that's just an example that I thought of like yeah. so it just reflects on every situation when I look back at everything on my life I genuinely have no regrets no big regrets anyway I honestly believe that everything has unfolded and happened the way it was supposed to be mm -hmm. and when I look back on things I'm like oh my god that thing I thought I wanted or you know I'm so glad that didn't work out because I now can see in hindsight why it didn't work out. Yeah. And yet it can be shit sometimes because you in the moment you're like, why am I going through this? But then it's not until the flip side and it, it's not going to be a week or two later that you realize it. it'll be later on down the line that you're like okay this is why i went through this yeah i'm gonna tell you something actually i haven't told you this um so back a few months ago like it's say the universe will say close your door on me right and i was so like could not understood understood could not understand why this door is closed i couldn't my logical mind just couldn't understand it yeah. and for like months had passed and i kept asking for a sign and I was trying to make sense of it and you know absolutely nothing was coming through and then only like last week I got the biggest sign ever wow I found out something that I probably should have never found out completely the universe definitely brought it for me to find out of so course then I could look back and say oh now I know why that door closed and thank fuck that door closed oh really yeah so even when we feel like things are going against us in life, yeah. you know, and that is so, so difficult. And you feel like, why is this not working out for me? Yeah. I honestly believe the universe is always protecting us, but we may not see it or know it at the time, mm -hmm. but it always is. And that like, it's just confirmation for me. Fuck. The universe is always working in our favor. Oh, really? And it is. The universe always works for us and it's never against us. Like when I think back to things that didn't work out in the past for me, I'm like, I would not be sitting here recording a podcast if it wasn't for some things. Yeah. Some of those things ending led me to create the podcast, let me tell you. Like, and it's like, the podcast is like for me to express myself, which is one thing I definitely struggled in the past, yeah. you know? So it's like the podcast is my safe space. Although I do talk, talk freely on social media as well, but I could sit there for hours on social media. I got a message actually the other day after recording my first video coming back and like Jesus you'd know you're back but all the videos and all <laughs> I was like well I'm back in my natural habitat so of course could not come back on with a full long eight to ten minute video on Instagram um <laughs> of course that wouldn't be like you. no wouldn't be like me at all um so what for you so you're saying texting is a huge yeah trigger for you in a relationship yeah what else do you find is a trigger for you Trying to think back to past relationships, what was triggering for me? Um, I think mainly that was the main trigger because in past relationships, there was quite a lot of openness and honesty in terms of things. Like, you know, like I know, like, so a lot of people would say, like, about having male or female friends in relationships. Mm -hmm. And I firmly believe like if the friend was your friend before the relationship, of yeah. course, but then if the, if this is a new friend that's come along while you're in the relationship, you have to think something about it. You're like, why all of a sudden are you becoming friends with this person? You know, so I was in a relationship before where my ex had said that we we're very early days as well. So he had, he had no obligations to say this to me, but I just found it quite respectful. And I'm just saying this for example purposes as well, but it was like his friend had broken up with her boyfriend. And he had texted me nicely saying, look, I'm just going out. She wants to talk. I'm just letting you know, blah, blah, blah. If I, if you don't, in case you don't hear from me or whatever, like this was three weeks in. He did not have to tell me this, you know? So I think it's things like that, that would trigger me. But if it was a new friend coming in during the relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know. I don't see the. See, I suppose I'm from like where I'm from. Like it's quite small, and like lads and girls, everyone is is good friends. Like, mm. I've had, like loads of lad friends my whole life, so I'm not used to anything. So for me, it doesn't trigger me, but I can understand how other people who maybe aren't used to that and don't really have friends of the opposite sex are really triggered then by yeah. who they're with. Hundred percent. Again, but also too, a friend is a friend. Like a friend does not try right dip. Yeah. You are not having sex with your friend. Yeah. So like that's I think lines get a little bit blurred there with people. Yeah, like I, I naturally grew up with three boys on my road because that's all there was. Now there was two girls, but they were we were different ages. You know, and I had a best friend, Jamie, um, who passed away a few years ago, but he was literally my best friend on the road, you know. So I'm naturally more comfortable around lads as friends, you know. Um, so I can see why to the opposite sex that would be triggering. Like, but I'd like to think if, if, when I'm in a relationship or whatever, that I'd still be able to talk and be around those friends, you know, and still be able to keep your friends and vice versa for the other, my partner as well, you know, that they'd be able to still keep their friends like it's healthy you need your friends regardless of the sex you know um but what do you, this talk came to me there a second when you were saying that i can't remember it now what do you think now i seen this on tiktok that's what it was what do you think about um new friends so like new lad friends being friends with a girl i seen it on tiktok i think it was your man steve harvey and he had said that no fella is friends with a girl just to be friends. Yeah. That it's just all for the lad has just one intention, one intention only. I get that. I hundred percent get that. I think a cat won't refuse milk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like a lad, lads are like lads are lads. They're they're gonna take the bits. They can get the bits. Oh, fucking hell. I hate yeah. it when it's spoken like that. Oh I that's I that's just oh. me. I'm different about it. And, and, you know, I'm probably gonna get Slander for saying that, like maybe it's the last one I know. My friend, <laughs> <laughs> they won't ever say that. Um, but saying that, I honestly think he's a true friend or a true friend. Like, I have true friends that have never tried me, like, yeah, genuinely, yeah, maybe just not hot enough. I don't know, but like they just genuinely have not. But we're friends a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, we are friends a lifetime, yeah. So, I do think there's definitely platonic friendship, of course. I have some as well, however. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because I've I've friends from dance, like I've lad friends from dancing, like that, like I'm friends with since I'm a kid. You know that kind of way, like so. I get that. Yeah. Do you think you can be friends with Yeah, I think so. It depends, though. No, I do. I I think it depends on how it ends. You know. Like, and if it was, if it was mutually ended, like, I'm not friends with any of my ex at the moment, any of my exes at the moment, like, you know, because it was, it wasn't mutual, both were different ways, like, but I think if it's ended respectfully, and you respect the boundaries of each other, and being friends, then yeah, of course, you know, I think it depends on the person, and the relationship you had. 100% depends on the person, depends obviously on the relationship, the ends and all that. Yeah. I think if two people as well have moved on and there's, there's no actual mm-hmm. feelings there, mm-hmm. or like in a romantic nature, um, yeah. for me, I definitely can. But I think for me, to be honest, like when I fall, I fall. Like I really fall for someone. But then when I move on, I really move on. Yeah. I never, like, I'm not one to go back there. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Like in my head, logically, I'm like, right. That's that door closed. Yeah. So I think that maybe makes it easier. Yeah, to be friends. Be friends. Yeah, yeah, because you're emotionally detached yeah. then. Do you know? Um, but yeah, no, definitely. I definitely think you can be friends. It depends on how the relationship ended, the reasons why you're ending, and respecting of the boundaries as friends yeah. after the relationship, you know? Um, but I think in general, now this is nothing to do with that, but I think when we got back to communication there and being open and honest with your partner and stuff and friendships as well, men and women say things receive things differently like so we say things differently and the intention behind them is different to what the other person has taken it up like if that makes sense Give me an example. so i was reading the book men are from mars women are from venus and i'm raising i should have brought it with me um but so women as a woman we emphasize things a lot more than what we mean for it to come across as Whereas the man would take that up as literal. 
So for example, we could say, you never take me out on dates. But that was just an example that came into my head. There was no reason behind that. <laughs> but like, it's not that you'd never do anything together. It's not like we're not saying it in a sense that you never do, we never do anything together or we're being literal about it. That's just emphasizing our feeling about the situation. You know, so like we could feel deeply about that situation, but that's not to say that there's never been dates mm-hmm. or you've never been taken out. But the man sees it as there was no zero dates at all. You know, yeah. so that's how cross communication and why your words, the words you use in communicating with your partner is so important because we can say things and be like, you never do this, you never do that. Or you're always doing this, you're always doing that. But it's like you need they obviously do things for you as well. So you need to kind of be more kind and be like, I feel this way when you do this, you know, and not attack them because that's when the defense mechanisms come in. Yeah, I think as well, we are really guilty. Um, I think we're guilty that, okay, we think, right, so we're this person. If he's crazy about me, he should know all my needs <laughs> and he should be able to just read my mind and do all the things I want him to do. But like you don't know what you don't know. Like if, if we want something, if we have a need, we need to state that need. Yeah. And if I'm stating that need and you're still not bringing that need, then okay, you just don't want to do it. Yeah. But a lot of the time, lads, lads, not that deep with lads, I think, as well. They don't think. No. They do not think. No. So if we want something in a relationship or when we're dating someone, you know, it'd be amazing when we don't have to tell them to do things. But if you really want something. And you're not getting it. It, it maybe you just need to stay it. Yeah, you and demand it, stay it. Yeah, and then if it's if it's not happening, then it's like okay, then do. Yeah, I've fallen into that trap before, like where I've I've just expected my ex partners to know things about me, and I'd be complaining to my friends, and I'd be like, "But have you told them?" And I'm like, "No, he should know this." Yeah. And that can that can be quite toxic when you see on Instagram. If he wants to, he would, but if he doesn't know, how is he yeah. supposed to? Do you know that sort of way? And that's where like. And that can be difficult to tell your partner things, especially if you struggle with communicating your needs. Again, coming from childhood traumas and stuff like that, if you weren't listened to as a child, you can struggle with communicating your needs. And that's just, it's a full 360 circle. And by God, our relationship's tough, lads. But it's worth it when it's with the right person and you can't communicate it in the end. But like, even when it comes to arguments with lads, and you know us girls, we dwell on things even though if the argument is finished and sorry is said and it's like right okay we've dealt with it we leave it behind and you still bring it up then again later on that they've been like oh, i just want to let you know I, I am really sorry or i shouldn't have done that or vice versa the lad is just like it's fine we dealt with it earlier on just leave it that's how different yeah. men and women are do you know that kind of way like they're more logic and straightforward with things where us girls dwell and think about everything but that's because and this is another thing in the book as women we need to feel seen and understood we don't like to get solutions to our problems or if we're coming to our partner about things we just want to the partner to sit there and be like oh that must be really tough for you i'm sorry you feel that way let me give you a cuddle let me give you a hug instead of thinking like oh why don't you do this about it why don't you do that about it you know and that's why a lot of people can struggle in relationships because the the woman just wants to be seen and heard and not get the solutions from the man because the man is very solution-based yeah Whereas as women, we want to help the man and give solutions, but the man needs to feel empowered and in his masculine to be able to do it himself. Because when we give our solutions, the man feels demasculinized, I think. Is that, is that the word? Or on his, ma- his masculinity is basically like, it's like his ego is bruised, his masculinity is bruised, you know? So it's, I would recommend getting that book 100%. I read it last year and I wasn't in a part of my life where I needed to read it, whereas I read it again halfway through it, like, and did oh the things that came up like a man needs to feel wanted and needed in a relationship as much as the woman you know and it's like sometimes we forget about that we feel we need to let the man pursue the woman yes of course be in your feminine energy and receive it and be open to it but the man needs to feel wanted and loved as well yeah you know it's a two-way street yeah (laughs) as much as we want it to be Oh, sorry, I can go on a bit of a tangent here. I feel like I'm channeling messages through her. Yeah. Yeah, I get like that with the podcast. I just go on a flow and then a thing. And I, I've been told before that I channel on without me knowing. Mm. Mm-hmm. What about you? What triggers you? Actually, another thing that triggers me in a relationship, l- liking other girls' pictures. Yes! Um... <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, social media, social media is a hard one. And in a relationship. But then, you know what, social media is not, not the problem really, is it? It's, it's people's actions. Yeah. But like, what do you think if you were to see someone like liking another girl's picture? Oh God. Um, it depends, doesn't it? Like, is it Mary up the road or is it like someone with their boobs out? You know what I mean? Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it does depend on the picture. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I can kind of see. I can kind of see two sides. I can see it from the side of you're with someone and you're seeing their light skinned girls pictures that are like, you know, provocative, like, yes. you know, photos. I can see how you like, oh, like how that can feel bad for you. But then I also can see it for like, when I put up photos, like a lot of lads would like it that are in relationships. But like, I don't think there's any great depth or talk to it. I think it's just like, oh, that's a nice photo. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Then it's different that than sliding into someone's DMs. They're yeah. two completely different things. Because I do think some people just like like the photo, that's a nice photo, and it's not that deep. I've so, done it. I've liked photos and not realised what I've liked because it's just it's a nice photo that person after creating a nice memory like. So I think that it's it's very yeah it depends on the person i think no i've never brought it up in a relationship because it's never been a thing for me in a relationship but just friends have said it to me before about their relationships and seeing their fellas names underneath things and i'm like oh it's never really bothered me um but i think the sliding into gm thing or reacting reacting to a girl's story or liking them that's dangerous these days and people liking them when they're in relationships and they're like you know and then you're in a relationship because it's very hidden you know, yeah, yeah. Have you any other triggers? My triggers, um, I think this was, yeah, social media probably will be one. I, I don't think it's social media, it's, it's the person. I honestly believe if you are with, if you are with someone that makes you feel secure, you are going to be secure. Mm-hmm. I've been with people before. And I felt insecure and I was I was very paranoid about like them and cheating and blah 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 blah. And then I've been with other people and have felt really secure. Mm-hmm. So therefore it and the security came after the insecurity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't one action led to a belief. I honestly believe it's the person's actions. So if you're with someone and obviously I suppose the work I've done on myself too. I was just about to say yeah, that. Do you think the security is coming from yourself and yourself? Yeah. Like being more secure in yourself? Now this has been said to me before. I think it's both. I think it's you being more secure in yourself, obviously after dealing from past insecurities, but as well, the partner creating the safe space for you to be secure. Yeah, 100%. And that's a huge thing. Mm. Where at the end of the day, like a lot of the times, as women, we can feel really, really triggered and insecure in a relationship and we kind of can blame ourselves and are overthinking. And that can be now to it. But also, too, sometimes it can be because you're being an asshole. Yeah. You're being an asshole. Yeah. And he's doing asshole behavior. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes even as women, we can feel it in our bodies. Our intuition can feel it, but our logical mind can't make sense of it. Yeah. Because there may not be that black and white evidence there. Mm-hmm. But you can feel that something's not right. Yeah. And a lot of the times, that's how we're triggered. And then we start acting a little bit out. Mm-hmm. And that causes all this. But our logic, our brain, the logic part of our brain isn't big enough for us to rationalize it. We're not supposed to, our brain is not big enough for us to rationalize the events that happen in our lives. Hence why we feel the triggers in our body and not in our heads. Hence why our intuition is body-based, not mind-based. You know, I think, because I was, I was, I got into a rabbit hole of getting into psychology and how the brain works and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Now trying to remember the parts in the brain. For the life of me, I can't remember, but the, the logic part of the brain is smaller than the emotional parts of the brain hence why we're emotional beings like we well yeah i mean even if you want to even go back to more basic to that even like there's three brains in the body the heart the gut and the like the, head. the mind and yeah like the, it's like the least it's the, the mind is the least intelligent and the slowest yeah so like proven your your gut and your heart will pick up on mm-hmm. energies and feelings way quicker than your mind will and even when it does get to your mind it takes a long time for us to be able to process it in the yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes that's the mind protecting us as well. Yeah. And um, or the mind needs the mind can need to see something in black and white. Yeah. And um, for like the heart and the gut just know it, it can feel. Yeah. It. 
and it, it were a counter so like getting back to the mind um so like I might like when I was deciding to come home from Canada I was so in my head about overthinking it you know when looking back my body knew what my heart knew straight away where I wanted to be but because I had the fear of judgment the fear of being a failure other people's opinions and stuff like that going through my head that's what was slowing the process you know and it's obviously like that coming back into the into the the heart and into the body and stuff like that to help with those decisions um but as well it works on the flip side so because if you're after going through a situation the mind can get over and get through quicker than the heart and the body yeah. and that relates to the size of them as well when you think of it that's just that that's just an aha moment that's after coming to me there like when you think of heartbreak it takes us so long to get over heartbreak and like not even heartbreak grief loss of like let's say a family member or something it takes so long for the body and the heart to get over that in comparison to the mind i know with losing a family member that's completely different but when you think to a heartbreak relationship wise or friendship wise even we can say yeah it's for the best it's blah 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 we can logically think it but the heart still feels it for months and that just obviously reflects the size of both of them as well yeah and the beauty in that too is that you know the heart is supposed to love and even though it breaks it will heal again i think the most important thing when you're going through heartbreak is to keep that heart space open Mm. so many people close it off and i know that feeling of wanting to close it off because you're like i don't want to go through this pain again yeah Um, and it's, it's in those times of keeping it open yeah 100 percent um but yeah i think yeah i think sometimes like triggers are they triggers or is it the person that's triggering you based on their action rather than the actual thing let it be texting or social media i think those are just things i don't think they're the problem i think it's the person that you're with maybe is creating the problem by how they're using those things yeah i think as well that's that's another hard thing is you need to decipher is it a trigger or is it the person yeah you know you're like if this person is constantly doing other things, you're like, right, is he just being an asshole? Yeah. Or is it this one thing all the time? Yeah. And has this come up? Where has this happened in the past? Yeah. Has this ha- is this a reoccurring pattern for me in relationships? You know, and that's when I know. I That's how I've known texting was a thing for me because it happens in every single one of them. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Um, and I know it's a relationship thing because it doesn't happen with friends. No, and, it, and in, in fairness, is there the, an event that has created that limiting belief in you 100% you know because you wouldn't have had you wouldn't have it otherwise definitely I think as well it's coming back to what your I suppose limiting beliefs are and seeing where they're coming from and then how seeing how they're playing out in your current relationships and for anyone that doesn't know how to do that do you want to give an insight Seems Miss Life Coach over here. <laughs> so, like, let's say, right, someone that's new to all this. Yeah. Let's say they're an alien on planet Earth. They don't know how to navigate or find out where their triggers are coming from or what their limiting beliefs are. How would you go about it? So, I suppose they may not, they may, they will know what their trigger is. So, say, for example, like with you, actually, this could be perfect example. With so maybe you're seeing this guy and mm-hmm. um, pretend you're seeing this guy and he's really slow at texting back or whatever and you go into full on anxiety, panic mode, living in your head, convincing yourself you're going to be ghosted, you're not going to hear back from him, blah, 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 blah. So it's about actually just sitting with yourself and I'd even just pull out a pen and paper and sit like, okay, so I'm being triggered because he is not texting me back why is that triggering me yeah and it's actually to go back through the whys and i say this so much you've got between five to nine whys of mm-hmm. layers like if you can imagine you're an onion you're peeling back the layers because it's never as simple as the day that's in hand so why am i triggered that he hasn't texted me back and you're straight away the brain will go into oh because he's an asshole we're supposed to be going to such and such or you know whatever that's not the real reason. well let's let's reenact it like let's work through my whys with that yeah so okay. why do i get triggered that he doesn't text me back or like he's been online or not replied to me or whatever. For me, what what the first thing that comes into my head is is he's ignoring me and he doesn't want to talk to me. But why? Then I my thing would always be because it's always happened. Like it's that was just a recurring pattern for me all the time. I'd either always get ghosted, or if like let's say someone had planned a date with me, it gets to the day and I wouldn't hear from them. 
and then be like two days later they pop back up as if the date wasn't a thing mm-hmm. you know but would you get do you get to your why that quick because the average person won't that you're at the level of that now. yeah so see that's the thing yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. that it's only when you sit and that's why journaling is so important to sit and reflect yeah because your your first answer and your first why is, is never and you need to go back through literally go back through the layers to say like you know he hasn't texted me back okay why is that bothering me because i think he's gonna go to me yeah okay why is that bothering me because i really like this guy yeah so then why 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 and then you just eventually the light bulb moment as you say drops in your case like this is always happening yeah or even like when you get to that point and it's like right if he does ghost you what, how will that make you feel yeah. you know and let's say someone might say it's the it's the rejection part it's the fair rejection part or not being wanted like right okay there we go mm-hmm. we're getting deeper mm-hmm. where why do you feel rejected where have you feel like you weren't good enough for that person and it's like sitting in meditation then and thinking back to childhood everything reflects back to childhood yeah. you know so it's like it's not going to be something that happened in your teenage years it's like right when you get to that part of like right you felt like you weren't good enough because you rejected it and stuff like that right where in your life can you think you've as a kid you felt not good enough and it won't happen straight away no. you won't know it and like that you need to be patient with yourself because things won't come up until they're ready to come up 100 percent, and also too depending on the pain that's there and the potential trauma that's there the mind won't let you go back there too easily because it's trying to protect you yeah so if, if it is that deep when you find you're sitting with yourself personally you're trying to find out your limits and beliefs and you're peeling back the layers and you really feel like you're uncovering something mm-hmm. really deep here i do think you know you need to then go and book in with a therapist and actually sit in a safe space for someone yeah. that's trained to take you through what you need to go through rather than trying to unveil that yourself because that that is potentially huge yeah you need someone to help you navigate this you know and like it's easy for us to say here because we've had that help so we do have that kind of knowledge to be able to get us back there but that doesn't mean to say we're done with therapy like I went back to therapy loads of times I did kind of invest in a different type of therapy so it was like my mentorship I did with Liz back Gosh, sure. believe, and I know this is obviously I'm trained to be therapist and I'm, I'm a qualified coach so I know what I'm saying is, is probably biased but I honestly believe everybody should have a therapist 100% and even if like you feel like you're okay therapy is okay to have just as a refresher I will always yeah always have a coach and a therapist Oh, like I have a coach and a therapist right now. Yeah. I, obviously, for college, I have to, but I always will. Yeah. You need it. Yeah. Everyone needs it. There's, there's no shame in that. Of course not. And like, I think as well, I got stuck in the habit because I did my Reiki, my cacao course, and yoga and stuff like that. I got into a habit of being like, I can do this myself. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that toxic, like toxic loop I was getting myself into. Being like, no, I can get through this myself, blah, blah, blah. I don't need a therapist and all. And you do, I get why you'd need you need to release things energetically from the nervous system to heal them i get that but you need to have the therapy side of it as well i do believe in talking to someone about it as well you need i my beliefs and look this could change is that you need you need to have a bit of everything i believe no one knows you better than you yeah right and you ultimately you sit with yourself for long enough you know what's right for you deep and deep 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 down however you don't know what you don't know. And when you go, and that's what is such a misconception about coaches. If you go to a coach, for example, like they aren't going to say to you, you need to do A, B, C, or D. Mm. They are trained to listen, to listen to what you're saying verbally, but also to pick up on your body language and to ask you questions that you potentially won't ask yourself. Yeah. For you to come to your own aha moment. Yeah. And to maybe change your perception because that's what everything is is perception mm. but the most important thing is whether it's with a therapist or whether it's with a coach or depending on what you're you're working on and um, is to feel safe because mm-hmm. if you're not in a safe environment you're never going to get to that place yeah and like i have worked with some people that have so much knowledge and so much qualifications and did not feel safe did yeah not feel held mm-hmm. to go to that place yeah um and then i've you know i've, I've had huge breakthroughs with someone that 
Because there'll be no qualifications. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like single and we would something doesn't matter qualifications. Yeah. What I mean is, you know, holding space is huge, but also too, just back to your kind of the mass you can talk therapy. So if you can imagine, right, we're talking about the brain and, and the heart. We think about the brain and the body, the head and the body, right? You think of the head and the body like a house, right? And you're living in a, in a, a two-story house, right? And you're constantly living upstairs, right? So you're living in the head and you're not going downstairs. Downstairs is going to get damp, it's going to get moldy, it's going to get wet. And when you want to go down there, you're physically not going to be able to go down there mm. because it's unlivable. So if you're someone that's very much in their head and an overthinker and you're just going to a therapist and having talk therapy, you're still very much in your head. Yeah. It doesn't work for everyone. And that's why for me personally, I am a huge believer in somatic practice. Oh, same. And, yeah. you know, having both mm-hmm. and being able to get into the body. Because I know for me, for a long, long time, even when I was doing all this work, I was still so much in my head yeah. that I didn't feel anything in my body because I was numb. Yeah. Because from years and years of pushing things down, I was completely numb. So what I would say to people is if they really are feeling that they want to go and, and do this work and they are an overthinker, 100% go to a therapist. But I do think doing somatic work is hugely important yeah. and it's very much can be overlooked at the moment. Yeah. And that's not to say when you do the somatic work or the talk therapy that that's it, you're done because it's like tending to the weeds in your garden. When you pick the weeds, they'll grow back, you know, but it'll be a deeper layer, like the layer of an onion. You'll get deeper and deeper into it, but the deeper you get, the more expansive you get. You know, it's not that you're being brought through the pain or the triggers over and over again. It's you're getting deeper into your heart, into your healing, but you're also deepening your connection to yourself and bettering yourself in the process. Because a lot of people think, oh, when you're peeling back the layers of an onion, right, you get deeper into the onion. Are you going to get deeper into the pain? That's the negative side of it that people see, but there's so much more positive to it as well. Yeah. That's what I think people fear doing the somatic work. Because as well, the way people advertise somatic work on Instagram can be quite triggering. Just in the sense with, like, I know with breath work and stuff like that and kundalini activation, the body can tremble. And a lot of people I know that, like, if I've been scrolling on my phone, but again, someone has said to me, what the fuck is that like? And you'd explain it, and they're like, are they in pain with that? And I'm like, no, it's just the body's way of releasing, but yeah. it, can be quite, it can be quite hard for people to go to because that's the way it's been advertised. 100%. And also, too, if you've never done any somatic work or any of this work, and you go somewhere, and you're not held in a safe space, Mm. your body won't be able to, to deal with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't pull back the plaster in one go. Mm. You can't. Yeah. You know? So it, that's why it's so, so important whatever work you're doing, you really are dealing with someone that you trust. Forget about, you know, how many followers they have on Instagram or, you know, what anyone says about them or what qualifications they have actually. You trust your intuition. Yeah. Do you feel safe in this space and do you feel held by this person? Because if you don't, you're, you're wasting your time and your money. I feel like you'll definitely be drawn to the right people. Yeah. So like if if you see someone on Instagram, let's say, and you're like, oh, maybe I might do something with them. And then someone mentions that person to you. That's a synchronicity. Think of that. Why is that after coming back into my life? Oh, I seen on Instagram the other day she was holding this. That's your sign to go do it. Now, it might not come that easy for people, but you will be drawn towards the person naturally that you're you, like, let's say you're to do the ceremony with, you're to do the therapy with, or whatever. See what feels good in your body, you know? And I know that might be hard for some people if you're not used to it, but you will just trust yourself that you're going to the right people. Like, and once you trust yourself, you, it will be easier to trust the other people then in the space that they're holding for you. Yeah. And as you're saying, like, about, like pulling the weeds, like the work never stops. And there's no. lots of things about awareness. The more of this work you do, the more worry you become. And it's like, you can't unsee it then. No. You can't. My aha. Uh-huh. Sometimes you really think, oh my God, ignorance is bliss. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's not easy and that's why a lot of people don't do the work because it's not easy there has it's so 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 worth it oh yeah no like you need to add some fun into it yeah you know like life can't just all be about healing and stuff like that you need to have fun along the way but like that there is times and don't get me wrong just times where i think back like i wish i never started this work there is like but i wouldn't be here recording a podcast if i didn't because i'd still be sitting like oh i'm not good enough to record a podcast you know um 100%. yeah but 100%. we've been recording the pain about is the point. huh the pain is the point yeah pain and accepting it is the first step to change
but it's been like whatever pain we have when we're going through in life that that is that is the point but like you know as you said you didn't go through all you went through you wouldn't be who you are today you wouldn't be where you are today no so it's looking it's it's looking back at it with gratitude and i could never do that for a long time no acceptance and, and gratitude and you know if something's hard you have to let it go many many times yeah but i was letting the same shit go for years and like letting it go and go and go and go but i still wasn't really letting it go i was holding on to it yeah and part of that was because it was nearly my identity you know, yeah. I didn't like it it didn't serve me those thoughts or beliefs but i knew no difference yeah so i didn't want to let it go and then i wanted to let it go and i was letting it go i was letting it go with hate and to be able to just accept it and let it go with love and what you've learned through it is massive. And don't be wrong, that's not easy. But Mm-mm. for me, that was, that, was, that, was, that was the change. Yeah, definitely. Things have to come up over and over again for you to, for it to be easier to let another bit go. So it's like every time it comes up, you accept it that little bit more, but let it go that bit more. Yeah. And create that space, create more space for love then. Yeah. You know? But yeah. Anything else you want to touch on? We went on a tangent there from yeah, triggers to... Mm, we've been recording 50 minutes, so I didn't feel like it. Yeah. Um, so if there's anything else you want to touch on. We have not got a date for our event yet. We started recording the podcast the minute I came in um, after we stuffed our faces. Faces? Faces. Um, so that will be posted before this podcast comes out, so you'll have known about it. Yeah. I think do you know what I was just thinking there when you were talking, I was thinking you were saying about, you know, being ghosted and, you know, you know, not being chosen or whatever. And something that sat with me for the last while and it's so true. If you choose yourself, yeah, it doesn't matter who else chooses you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that it comes down to. We base our worth and our values based on other people's opinions yeah. of us. Mm-hmm. And if we do that we're just fucked. Yeah, absolutely. Like when I think back to, again, I just bring it back to the podcast because bringing the podcast out made me realize a lot of my limiting beliefs and why I was so held back with things. And it's like, if I let the opinions of other people affect me, I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't have the podcast. No. Do you know that kind of way? And yeah, my podcast isn't big as Sinead Heggs or whatever you call it, but like there's people that have texted me saying they've gotten something out of my podcast and that means more to me than the amount of people I have listening to it. You know, and that was the reason for bringing out the podcast. I had a big bit of imposter syndrome before I brought out the podcast in the sense that, Asher, there's loads of podcasts out there. No one's going to listen to it. But it wasn't until I'd done the work and realized, why do I feel like this? And then I was actually listening to a podcast that I felt I needed to listen to because it was Brian Keane and he had said, but what if someone out there, if it's just one person, relates to your examples and your experiences more than someone who has a podcast with thousands and millions of followers? how would that make you feel? And I was like, oh shit, okay. Makes a lot more sense. You know, so it's, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that kind of went. I don't know, what did you say? (laughs) Yes, sorry. So if I had left, if I had kept going with that and not have like created the podcast because of what other people used to say to me in terms of like, you're not good enough and things like that. Whereas I chose myself. I chose my heart and what my heart wanted to do. My heart wanted to create a podcast because I'd have felt like I had a lot to share. So in that, I chose that and I got the reward from it. And the reward was just like that people related and I helped someone, you know, the, the reward doesn't have to be financial. You don't have to gain financial success. It's just, if it's reached someone that needed it, that's your reward, Yeah. you know? And that's from me choosing me. So I think when you choose yourself, others benefit from it. Whereas when you don't, no one benefits, you know? Yeah. I think sometimes people need to see you choosing yourself yeah. to get a kick up the arse and be like, oh shit. Yeah, and I think anyone that chooses themselves, chances are they love themselves and they're happy in themselves. Mm. Um, and that just, that just spreads goodness. Because if you think anyone that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. So people that are going around living in, you know, negative fear-based energy, and not choosing themselves. Yeah. Chances are then they're they're the ones that are going around hurting people. Yeah. So if everyone chooses themselves and loves themselves, that love then will be spread outwardly mm-hmm. towards everyone else. Yeah. In every relationship, friendship, romantic relationship, even down to every person you meet in the street. Yeah. Like we're just such a better energy out there. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's obviously where like you see 
like when you expand it bigger than yourself and your community and stuff like that why there's a lot of hate in the world yeah. and like there's wars and I know that's gone very deep into it but like it's because there's a lot of hate in people's lives and anger and resentment held inside themselves that they need to lash back like when you choose yourself you choose love although it can be hard to choose love sometimes and what your heart wants it's reciprocated back and it spreads outwardly then to everyone else yeah but yeah I think that's a nice way to end it yeah so we're ending it on you choose you always choose yourself and the universe will reciprocate that back to you and people need to meet you where you're at. Oh, yeah. 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 But yeah, that's it for this week. Um, we did record this a few weeks in advance, but like that, Lauren starts a new job on Monday. And I feel like I'm going to have zero time. But we'll make time. We'll make time. So yeah, thank you all for listening. And I will chat to you next week. Mm-hmm.